Hi, everybody. Carla here, and welcome back to another episode of Carla Reads the Classics. I have for you today Act One, Scenes Four and Five of Romeo and Juliet by William Shakespeare. I hope you enjoy the readings. Thank you again for joining me. If you are so inclined to subscribe to the podcast, that would be wonderful. Or if you'd like to leave a tip, that would also be wonderful. And you will find the ways in which to do those things in the episode details. Thanks again for joining me. I really appreciate it. Please stay tuned. Act One, Scene Four. Enter Romeo, Mercutio, Benvolio, with five or six other maskers and torchbearers. Romeo, what shall this speech be spoke for our excuse, or shall we on without apology? Benvolio, the date is out of such prolixity. We'll have no Cupid hoodwinked with a scarf, bearing a tartar's painted bow of lath, scaring the ladies like a crowkeeper, nor no without book prologue faintly spoke, after the prompter for our entrance. But let them measure us by what they will. We'll measure them a measure and be gone. Romeo, give me a torch. I am not for this ambling, but being heavy, I will bear the light. Mercutio, Nay, gentle Romeo, we must have you dance. Romeo, not I, believe me. You have dancing shoes with nimble soles. I have a soul of lead, so stakes me to the ground. I cannot move. Mercutio, you are a lover. Borrow Cupid's wings and soar with them above a common bound. Romeo, I am too sore and pierced with his shaft to soar with his light feathers, and so bound I cannot bound a pitch above dull woe. Under love's heavy burden do I sink. Mercutio, and to sink in it you should burthen love, too great oppression for a tender thing. Romeo, is love a tender thing? It is too rough, too rude, too boisterous, and it pricks like thorn. Mercutio, if love be rough with you, be rough with love. Prick love for pricking, and you beat love down. Give me a case to put my visage in. A visor for a visor, what care I what curious eye doth coat deformities? Here are the beetle brows shall blush for me. Benvolio, come, knock and enter, and no sooner in, but every man betake to his legs. Romeo, a torch for me. Let wantons light of heart tickle the senseless rushes with their heels. For I am proverbed with a grand sure phrase. I'll be a candle holder and, and look on. The game was near so fair and I am done. Mercutio, tut, duns the mouse, the constable's own word. If thou, if thou art done, we'll draw thee from the mire or save your reverence, love wherein thou sickest up to the ears. Come, we burn daylight, ho! Romeo, nay, that's not so. Mercutio, I mean, sir, in delay, we waste our lights in vain, like lights by day. Take our good meaning, for our judgment sits five times in that air, once in our fine wits. Romeo, and we mean well in doing so this mask, but tis no wit to go. Mercutio, who, may one ask? Why, may one ask, I dreamt a dream tonight. Mercutio, and so did I. Romeo, well, what was yours? Mercutio, that dreamers often lie. Romeo, in bed asleep while they do dream things true. Mercutio, oh, then I see Queen Mab hath been with you. Benvolio, Queen Mab, what's she? Mercutio, 
She is the fairy's midwife, and she comes in shape no bigger than an agate stone on the forefinger of an alderman, drawn with a team of little atomi over men's noses as they lie asleep. Her wagon spokes made of long spinners' legs, the cover of the wings of grasshoppers, her traces of the smallest spider web, her collars of the moonshine's watery beams, her whip of cricket's bone, the lash of film, her wagoner, a small gray-coated gnat, not half so big as the round little worm, pricked from the lazy finger of a maid. Her chariot is an empty hazelnut made by the joiner squirrel or old grub. Time out of mind, the fairy's coachmakers. And in this state, she gallops night by night through lovers' brains, and then they dream of love on courtiers' knees that dream on curtsy straight, or lawyers' fingers who straight dream on fees, or ladies' lips who straight on kisses dream, which oft the angry mab with blisters plagues because their breaths with sweet meats tainted are. Sometimes she gallops o'er a courtier's nose, and then dreams he of smelling out a suit. And sometimes comes she with a tied pig's tail, tickling a parson's nose as he lies asleep, then he dreams of another benefice. Sometimes she driveth o'er a soldier's neck, and then dreams he of cutting foreign throats, of breeches, ambuscados, Spanish blades, of healths five fathom deep. And then anon drums in his ear, at which he starts and wakes, and being thus frightened, swears a prayer or two and sleeps again. This is that very mab that plats the manes of horses in the night, and bakes the efflocks in foul sluttish hairs, which once untangled, much misfortune bodes. This is the hag, when she, when maids lie on their backs, that presses them and learns them first to bear, making them women of good carriage. This is she... Romeo, peace, peace, Mercutio, peace, thou talks of nothing. Mercutio, true, I talk of dreams, which are the children of an idle brain, begot of nothing but vain fantasy, which is as thin of substance as the air, and more inconstant than the wind who woos every now the frozen bosom of the north, and being angered puffs away from thence, turning his face to the dew dropping south. Benvolio, this wind you talk of blows us from ourselves. Supper is done, and we shall come too late. Romeo, I fear too early, for my mind misgives some consequence, yet hanging in the star shall bitterly begin this fearful date with this night's revels and expire the term of a despised life closed in my breast by some vile forfeit of untimely death. But he that hath the steerage of my course, direct my sail on, lusty gentleman. Benvolio. Strike the drum. They exit. Okay, and let's do a quick recap of Act 1, Scene 4. What's this scene about? Well, it is the night of the masquerade party at the Capulets, and Romeo, Mercutio, Benvolio, and a few others are wearing masks, and they are carrying drums and torches. Now, they plan to go to the party and, and dance, basically, and um, Romeo is asking, well, what do we say when we get there? What explanation do we give about why we're there? And uh, Mercutio basically says, we aren't going to explain anything. We're going to show up. We're not going to make any speeches. We are just going there and we are going to dance. But Romeo really isn't up for dancing because his heart is still heavy over his unrequited love for Rosaline. And Mercutio, to try to help Romeo get out of the the 
the doldrums basically that he's in. He tells him to use Cupid's arrow to to fly away and to float up and to pick himself up. But Romeo's really not hearing any of that. And Mercutio tells him that it's wrong of him to, you know, he's kind of playing with uh, Romeo's head here a little bit, I think, where he says it's, it's wrong to bring down love. It's so tender and it's so beautiful. And this mood that you're in, you're bringing down love itself. And Romeo takes a minute there and he questions whether love is tender and beautiful. And um, then Romeo gets this suggestion from Mercutio that to rid himself of this feeling that he basically have a fling, that he engage in sexual activity to pull himself out of this lovesickness. And uh, he tells him basically that he is a stick in the mud. And um, Mercutio says that they are wasting time. And he said they're wasting precious daylight. And there's a bit of a play on words here because it's dark. And Romeo says, this is a daytime. What do you mean we're losing precious daylight? And Mercutio tells him, it's we're losing the light of our torches. So Romeo feels that it's really not a good idea to go to this masquerade party. And uh, Mercutio asks why. And he says he just had a dream and he just thinks it's a bad idea. Mercutio says, well, he had a dream too. And his dream was that dreamers lie. And Romeo says, no, dreamers lie in bed and they dream about the truth. And uh, Mercutio then brings up Queen Mab. Now, Benvolio asks, well, who is this Queen Mab? And Mercutio goes into this long monologue about her. And the side notes say that Queen is slaying for whore during this time, and that Mab is a typical name for a prostitute, and she gives everybody their dreams. Uh, Mer uh, Romeo, I'm sorry, tells Mercutio to stop talking nonsense, and Benvolio says they better get on or they're going to arrive late. And Romeo thinks that they'll be too early and that uh, something bad is really going to happen if they go to this masquerade party. So that's a general wrap up of what this act and scene is about. Please stay tuned for the next scene. Uh, I think it's act one, scene five. Act one, scene five. Peter and other serving men come forth with napkins. Peter. Where's Potpan that he helps me not take away? He shift a trencher? He scrape a trencher. First serving man. When good manners shall lie all in one or two men's hands, and they unwatch too, tis a foul thing. Peter. Away with the joint stools, remove the court cupboard, look to the plate. Good, thou save me a piece of marsh pane, and, as thou loves me, let the porter let in Susan Grindstone and Nell. Antony and Potpan. Second serving man. Aye, boy, ready. Peter. You are looked for and called for, asked for and sought for in the great chamber. First serving man. We cannot be here and there too. Cheerly boys, be brisk a while and the longer liver take all. Peter and the serving men exit. Enter Capulet with Capulet's cousin, Tybalt, Lady Capulet, Juliet, and others of the house, meeting Romeo, Benvolio, Mercutio, and other guests and maskers. Capulet. Welcome, gentlemen, ladies that have their toes, I, my mistresses, which of you all, unplagued with corns, will walk about with you? Well, now deny to dance? She that makes dainty, she, I swear, hath corns. Am I come near ye now? 
Welcome, gentlemen, I have seen the day. That I have worn a visor and could tell a whispering tale in a fair lady's ear, such as would please, tis gone, tis gone, tis gone. You are welcome, gentlemen. Come, musicians, play. The music plays and they begin to dance. A hall, a hall, give room. And footed girls, more light, you knaves, and turn up the tables and quench the fire. The room is grown too hot. Ah, Sarah, this unlooked for sport comes well. Nay, sit, nay, sit, good cousin Capulet, for you and I are past our dancing days. How long is it now since, since last yourself and I were in a mask? Capulet's cousin. By our lady, thirty years. What, man, tis not so much, tis not so much. Tis since the nuptials of Lucentio, come Pentecost as quickly as it will, some five and twenty years, and then we masked. Capulet's cousin. "'Tis more, tis more. His son is elder, sir. His son is thirty. Capulet, will you tell me that his son was but a ward two years ago? Romeo to a serving man. What lady is that which doth enrich the hand of yonder knight? Serving man, I know not, sir. Romeo, oh, she doth teach the torches to burn bright. It seems she hangs upon the cheek of night like a rich jewel in an Ethiop's ear.' beauty too rich for use for earth too dear she shows a snowy dove trooping with crows as yonder lady o'er her fellow shows the measure done i'll watch her place of stand and touching hers make blessed my rude hand did my heart love till now forswear it sight for i ne'er saw true beauty till this night tybalt this by voice should be a montague to his page. Fetch me my rapier, boy. What dares the slave come hither covered in an antic face to fleer and scorn at our solemnity? Now by the stock and honor of my kin to strike him dead, I will hold it not a sin. Capulet. Why, how now, kinsman? Wherefore storm you so? Tybalt. Uncle, this man is a Montague, our foe, a villain that is hither come in spite to scorn at our solemnity this night. Capulet. Young Romeo, is it? Tybalt. Tis he, that villain Romeo. Capulet. Content thee, gentle cuz, let him alone. He bears him like a portly gentleman, and to say truth, Verona brags of him to be a virtuous and well-governed youth. I would not for the wealth of all the town here in my house do him disparagement. Therefore be patient. Take no note of him. It is my will, the which, if thou respect, shows a fair presence and put off these frowns, an ill-beseeming semblance for a feast. Tybalt. It fits when such a villain is a guest. I'll not endure him. Capulet. He shall be endured. What, Goodman boy, I say he shall. Go to. Am I the master here or you? Go to. You'll not endure him. God shall mend my soul. You'll make a mutiny among my guests. You will set a sock -a hoop and you'll be the man. Tybalt, like uncle, tis a shame. Capulet, go to, go to. You are a saucy boy, is it so indeed? This trick may chance to scathe you, I know that. You must contrary me. Marry this time, well said, my hearts, you are a prince ox, go. Be quiet, or more light, more light, for shame, I'll make you quiet. What cheerly, my hearts, the music plays and the guests dance. Tybalt, 
patience perforce with willful choler meeting makes my flesh tremble in their different greeting. I will withdraw, but this intrusion shall, not seeming sweet, convert to bitterest gall. Tybalt exits. Romeo, taking Juliet's hand. If I profane with my unworthiest hand this holy shrine, the gentle sin is this. My lips, two blushing pilgrims, ready stand to smooth that to smooth that rough touch with a tender kiss. Juliet, good pilgrim, you do wrong your hand too much, which mannerly devotion shows in this, for saints have hands that pilgrims' hands do touch, and palm to palm is holy palmer's kiss. Romeo, have not saints' lips and holy palmer's too? Juliet, I pilgrim, lips that they must use in prayer. Romeo, O oh, then, dear saint, let lips do what hands do. They pray, grant thou, lest faith turn to despair. Juliet, saints do not move, though grant for prayer's sake. Romeo, then move not while my prayer's effect I take. He kisses her. Thus from my lips by thine my sin is purged. Juliet, then have my lips the sin that they have took? Romeo, sin from thy lips? O oh, trespass, sweetly urged, give me my sin again. They kiss again. Juliet, you kiss by the book. Nurse, madam, your mother craves a word with you. Juliet moves away. Romeo, what is her mother? Nurse, marry, bachelor, her mother is the lady of the house, and a good lady, and a wise and virtuous. I nursed her daughter that you talked with all. I tell you, he that can lay hold of her shall have the chinks. Romeo, aside, is she a Capulet? Oh, dear, account, my life is my foe's debt. Benvolio to Romeo, away, be gone, the sport is at its best. Romeo, I so I fear, the more is my unrest. Capulet. Nay, gentlemen, prepare not to be gone. We have a trifling, foolish banquet towards. Is it e'en so? Why, then, I thank you all. I thank you, honest gentlemen. Good night. More torches here. Come on, then. Let's to bed. Ah, Sarah, by my fay, it waxes late. I'll, I'll to my rest. All but Juliet and nurse move to exit. Juliet. Come hither, nurse. What is yon gentleman? Nurse, the son and heir of old Tiberio. Juliet, what's he that now is going out of door? Nurse, marry that I think be young Petruchio. Juliet, what's he that follows here that would not dance? Nurse, I know not. Juliet, go ask his name. If he be married, my grave is like to be my wedding bed. Nurse, his name is Romeo and a Montague, the only son of your great enemy. Juliet, my only love sprung from my only hate, too early seen unknown and known too late. Prodigious birth of love it is to me that I must love a loathed enemy. Nurse, what's this? What's this? Juliet, a rhyme I learned even now of one I danced withal. Nurse, anon, anon, come, let's away. The strangers are all gone. And that is the end of Act 1, Scene 5. Stay tuned for a rough recap of what this act and scene are about. (music) 
Okay, and now for a very quick recap on Act 1, Scene 5. Incidentally, this is the last scene in Act 1. So, uh, it's the night of the party and everyone is there. The servants are scrambling and they're complaining that they have too much to do. Capulet uh, comes on and he welcomes his guests and he teases the ladies that those of them who refuse to dance, they must have corn. So uh, he's just making a little joke about them. Then they clear a space for dancing. The music starts and Romeo stands a bit apart from everybody else. And Capulet and his cousin, they start to talk about how when they were younger, uh, what dances were like when they were younger. And Capulet says he used to whisper in the ladies' ears, now, here is where Romeo sees Juliet for the very first time, and honey, he immediately forgets about that Rosaline. He asks a server who she is, but the servant doesn't know. He's so struck by her beauty, he says he never saw true beauty till this night. Tybalt, who is Capulet's nephew, if you remember, he recognizes Romeo's voice, and he says, what's this peasant doing here? And he wants to whip up on him. Capulet asks Tybalt, well, what's wrong with you? And Tybalt says that there's a Montague over there and Capulet is in such a good mood. He says, oh, is, is that Romeo? And Tybalt says, yeah, that, that's that villain. Capulet tells Tybalt to calm down. He says that Romeo has a good reputation and that he's okay. Just, just ignore him. And Tybalt starts to backtalk his uncle and his uncle has to, he calls him a saucy boy saying he's being insolent and he reminds him of who the master of the house is. And Tybalt says, okay, I'm, I'm leaving, but I hate that dude. And his little prank, he thinks is funny now, but later on he's going to see how bitter it is. So Romeo is now making his move on Juliet. He takes her hand and says her hand is holy and that his hand isn't worthy to touch hers. Cool stuff, right? Well, Juliet, now she's pretty smooth too. She tells Romeo that he doesn't give his hand enough credit and that she finds him polite and holding their palms together is like a kiss. So they kiss and then they kiss again. Then the nurse shows up and she says, hey, Juliet, your mother wants you. And she leaves and Romeo starts to ask the nurse all about Juliet. Like, who is she? And the nurse tells her all about Juliet and says that she's rich and whoever gets to marry her will become very wealthy. So he also learns that she's a Capulet, the enemy of his family. So now the party is over and people are leaving. Juliet comes back and she sees, uh, she sees that Romeo is leaving and she asks the nurse about him, and she learns that he's a Montague, the only son of her worst enemy. And Juliet is sad that she loves a loathed enemy, and the nurse is like, what are you talking about? And Juliet lies and says, oh, it's nothing. It's just a rhyme I heard when I was dancing with, with one of the guys tonight. So uh, that is the end of Act 1, Scene 5. That's the act of all of Act 1. And uh, I will do my best to upload all of Act 2 for you tomorrow or Saturday. So thank you guys so much for listening here at Carla Reads the Classics. I really appreciate it. Until next time.